1: As we continue in Psalm 19, we've come to verses 113 through 120. Now, the theme of these verses are how to be different, how to be unique, how to be set apart. And we will break it down into three sections. Um, the first section is that we are called to be, we are to be set apart, verses 113 through 115. And in that, we are supported, verses 116 through 117. And in all of this, it is a calling that is very serious, 118 through 120. So those are our three words, set apart, supported, serious. So this first one, what does it mean to actually be different, to be weird, to be set apart? You know, in the one sense, our culture loves to celebrate and exalt the weird ones. You can think of the Apple campaign where that's what we celebrate, the weird ones new book just came out that's real popular called weird how to tap into your superpower of uniqueness and we like to pretend that we are the most inclusive culture on the planet who loves to celebrate the weirdness of people but as anyone with but as anyone with basic common sense can tell our society only celebrates a certain type of weirdness it is very close-minded on the types of disagreements it allows. It celebrates weirdness as long as it's on its terms. And here in 113-115, we see the distinctiveness, the uniqueness, the set-apartness of God's people. And it's a uniqueness that has an inward component, an upward component, and an outward component. And each of the three verses illustrate those. So look first, verse 113. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. So here, the author is giving us a pattern for what it means to be different. How are we to be different? How are we to be unique? And, in, and true uniqueness is all about our relationship to the word. In each of these three verses, our distinctiveness is secured and demonstrated as we wait, as we love, and as we preserve in God's revealed truth. It's not a case of just being different, like we're just odd, but it's a difference which arises from following a different code, from having a different commitment, a different source, loving a different reality. So let's look at the first one, the inward weirdness. Notice it comes from what you love and what you hate. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. And this is a great challenge. True Christian uniqueness comes from loving what God loves and hating what he hates. Man, you want a prayer that will really make you weird. As you pray, oh, Lord, help me to love what you love and hate what you hate. Now, it's interesting. Notice who he hates. It's the devil-minded ones. This is an interesting word. It's kind of hard to translate. You could uh, translate it a couple different ways. It's actually the image of a branch that has been split into two. So it was kind of one branch, and then there's a part that's been split off from it. So the devil-minded, or you could translate the duplicitous, or those who are divided. See, what they're trying to do is there is something that should be straight, and they're actually trying to bend it so now it looks crooked. So it's a broken branch. They're making crooked what God has made straight. They're trying to make murky what God has made clear. He hates that. But then notice he says what I love. I love your teaching, God's teaching. So the first way we're called to be different is what we love and what we hate. But the next, notice the next component, the upward component, verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. You're my hiding place. You're my refuge. You know, you want a real life that's unique and different. You Run as a refuge to the Lord. You know, if you really start to think about the number of false refuges that we have, false places that we run to when life is hard, when the world's difficult, when responsibilities mount. I mean, we run to food, we run to ideology, we run to hobbies, we run to our basement, we run to the store. There's so many refuges that we run to if you really want to be different and unique, the Lord is my hiding place, my refuge. But then notice also where we run for protection. He's my refuge and my shield. Now, think about where do you go when you need protection, when your reputation's attacked, when your life's attacked. We run to our own record, we run to our own rightness, we run to others' wrongs. I mean, we are masters at constructing defense mechanisms, systems and theories of victimization where it's not our fault, and we don't need to bear the blame. We don't need to bear the guilt. We don't need to bear the responsibility. Oh, we run to these other things as our shield. But if you want to be different, he runs to the Lord, looks upward. And then last, looks outward, 115. Depart from me, evildoers that I may observe the commandments of my God. This is really how he's going to live among the wicked. He tells them, depart from me, so that he may preserve or observe. And this is one of those interesting words that can be translated to keep, to observe, to preserve. And there's two realities that are really important here. The first one is that you preserve, you keep, meaning you're going to maintain the whole of the thing you're trying to keep. So in one sense there's no more powerful way in our world to be countercultural than be committed to keeping the whole of God's word, all of his commandments. See the reality is that the Bible because it's transcultural, it both affirms and denies things in every single culture. So every single culture has things that the Bible both will affirm about their humanity because they're made in the image of God, but then also deny, critique, attack because we're sinners and we're fallen. And one of the most powerful tests as to whether we're being shaped by the Bible or being shaped by our culture is what do we do with those biblical things that are actually challenging and confronting our culture? Will we seek to keep the whole of it? So, for example, right now, our culture celebrates the aspects of justice that we see in the Bible. Loving your neighbor, turning the other cheek, justice, equality. Those things are celebrated, and rightfully so. Those are gifts of God to us. All of those things, real justice is ours. We should be the ones promoting it and proclaiming it. But what our culture despises is the biblical notion of sexual ethics. It mocks it. It actually tries to turn the biblical truth of biblical justice against the biblical truth of sexual ethics. It actually tries to say you're being unjust, according to the Bible, if you maintain the sexual ethics of the Bible. And so it's a clear example of how one element is praised and one element's attacked. But here, if you want to be different, you maintain both. It's difficult. But the second reality with keeping is not just that you keep the whole of it, but you keep, it keeps all of you. It's all of you are invested in it. So here in this first section, we see a powerful game plan for how we can truly be the weird ones. So may the Lord raise up a whole army of really strange people Who love what he loves and hate what he hates, who run to him as their refuge and their shield and their protector, and who are utterly committed committed to keeping all that his word says.
0: Praise God, from whom all blessings. him up